With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm David Hepworth. And I'm Mark Ellen. We met at a gig in Manchester in 1977. And we began a conversation about rock and roll that night, which has been going on ever since. For the last 15 years, that conversation has continued in the Word in Your Ear podcast. It's not a serious conversation, but it does cover the things that matter. The haircuts. The tacks. The tours. The trousers. If you share our conviction that rock and roll can be magnificent and hilarious at one and the same time, then join us wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, we're joined now by a player who, uh, a, a wonderful scorer for Tottenham Hotspur. We're joined now by John Duncan. How are you, John? Hi, fine, yeah. Good Lovely. Thank you so much for joining us on the Spurs show today. Now, going, going way back now <laughs> to uh, 1974, um, you were obviously playing at Dundee. Uh, you came to Spurs. Presumably, uh, the last striker that I remember we'd actually signed from Dundee was, was Alan Gilzean. Did you ever see Alan play? Yeah, oh, definitely. I mean, he obviously was older than me, but uh, I was a Dundee supporter and uh, okay. went to see a lot of games when Dundee won the league and he was a top scorer. Yeah, he was He was an absolutely wonderful player. We're very lucky to have him on a couple of years ago on this show. He kind of disappeared for a few years and then came back and started doing more and more things at the club, which was really, really lovely. Um, when I mean, you were probably... I mean, Terry Neal was the manager and you were probably one of his first signings at the club. What, what was your memories of when Spurs came in for you? Well, I think you're right. I think it was uh, Terry's first signing. Yeah. In fact, I think the deal was probably set up with uh, Bill, Bill Nicholson before that. Mm. And uh, Dundee decided to uh, to take the offer at, at that stage when they hadn't originally, and um, Terry went through with it. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm delighted that he did. And uh, yeah, just cropped up one morning. I went into training, mm. asked to, to to go through Edinburgh, 
met Terry and the, the, the sports people, and that was it. Yeah, I mean, you, you came into a side that was really kind of lacking in confidence and was in the bottom three from memory. There was... Uh... Martin Chivers was obviously the, the main striker there, along with Chris Jones. But Martin was sort of... Martin's been on the show a few times. He was sort of coming to the end of his time at Spurs, and he famously didn't get on with, with the manager. What was the dressing room like from, from your perspective when you arrived? Was there sort of factions? I, 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 didn't, I didn't recall that there was those factions, no. Um, obviously, it's a change from uh, Bill Nicholson, mm. although he was... Uh, he, 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 he stayed at the club or came into the club with Terry and Terry and got him involved, yeah. uh, uh, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, Bill was around. Um, so, no, I didn't notice any factions. Yeah, we were struggling, but um, we went on to a decent run. And uh, as you as you know, we managed to, to stay up and survive in the top league. Well, you mentioned the decent run. I mean, you, you scored, because uh, obviously you, you, you came, I think it was like October from memory, you scored 12 goals in the in the final 28 games and became our top scorer. I remember two up at Stoke you got to get us a draw. Uh, I remember a winner at Sheffield United, uh, QPR, uh, got home at Luton. There were some key games where you really made your mark. Do, do you remember any of those games? Oh, I do, oh, yeah, well. very, very much so. Um, I scored my first goals at Stoke. Mm. Yeah, got a couple that day. Um, I took a wee while after that to settle. To be fair, the the standard I thought and the quickness of the play it took me a bit to to get my feet, but I gradually did get it uh, and get got a hold of it and settled reasonably well before the end of the season and and was delighted to to get uh, some really crucial goals. Mm in the run-in there that, uh, that that helped us to stay up. I mean, you were also part of that incredible 5-2 win at Sir James's Park when Alfie comes on far. What, what was Alfie like to play with? Alfie was a top player, great running with the ball, you know, really quick when he was in possession, could take uh, an attack from one end of the pitch to the other. Uh, he also got, you know, a, a goal or two here and there and... Uh, I thought we played well together at that end of the season and mm. in these crucial games. And what a hat trick he got! I think it was it wasn't maybe his first game, but it was one of his first games back into the team again. Mm. And he scored three at uh, up at St James's. Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, near the end of that season, again, this is the story that Martin uh, Chivers told us. Um, we obviously had ex- you know very exciting of the season when we had to sort of win the last game against Leeds, and, and Terry brought in a showbiz hypnotist called Romark to try and speak to some of <laughs> the players and get the best of them. Do you remember that? Because Martin tells an extraordinary story about senior players having to speak to him. Most obviously didn't want to, because, I mean, hypnotism was just unheard of then. Yeah, I do remember <laughs> it, and, and Martin's absolutely right. Uh, we, Some of us weren't too keen at all. I wasn't very keen, and... I'd, I'd had been ill that week, yeah. so I was thinking whether I would get back into the team or not, and and I didn't, and I was thinking, well, it might have been because of that. But uh, <laughs> whatever it was, um, Martin played in, a, in a, the big last game of the season. Uh, uh, Leeds scored two, mm. and we stayed up. Yeah, that's right. Um, now, now, the following season, uh, which was the 1975-76 season, you, you had a wonderful season, became the first Spurs player to score over 20 goals in a season since... I think it was 71, 72 when Martin actually did it. Um, you were, that team, you were kind of supplied by, there was Ralph Coates, Neil McNabb and Jimmy Neighbour were probably the three creative players in midfield. What, what were they all like to play with? You all, all very, very good, as, as you've as you said. And Ralph was a magnificent crosser of the ball mm. from both sides. 
and obviously it was that was a big uh, help to, to myself. Uh, balls getting delivered into the to the box, and you know I could attack it in the air, and I got quite a few goals from that, if I remember rightly. Yeah, and Neil, yeah, Neil, 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 into... Neil was a very underrated player, wasn't he? I thought Neil was a wonderful player. Yeah, Neil, I think came into the team uh, at times that season of my if I'm right, but then really did play full-time in the team once we were, unfortunately, when we got relegated. Mm. Uh, and he played a lot of games then, uh, but a great, skillful player. Him and Glenn Hoddle played well together. Mm. I mean, you mentioned Glenn there. Uh, Glenn made his death season and obviously he scored on his debut. And you, you know, it's, it's not really talked about much, but you got the other goal that day, uh, which I'd like to flag up. What was, uh, what was Glenn? I mean, obviously you saw Glenn from the beginning, the next few seasons of his uh, development. What was he like to play with? I was a phenomenal, skillful player. Phenomenal. I mean, even in 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 possession, which was a lot of the training in those days, the top the top players in the first team couldn't couldn't stop him. And he wouldn't like he wouldn't just get rid of the ball when somebody's coming close to him. He could maneuver it and 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 shield it and move away from whatever whoever was trying to tackle him. Mm. He was a magnificent keeping possession player. Yeah. But not only that, you know, he short and long pass delivery two feet was was magnificent. Yeah. And he was actually a good goal scorer as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he scored quite a few goals. I mean, playing style-wise, uh, I mean, I remember at the time you... I mean, Jimmy Greaves was a bit before my time, but I, I saw you playing. And, you know, a lot of people sort of compared you with Greaves, the way you sort of finished in the box, or your positioning was always fantastic. And then later on at Spurs, Gary Lineker. I always used to watch Lineker and go, and it's, it's Duncan-esque sometimes, the way he sort of ghosts in there at the right time the big game atmosphere as well. What, what do you think your strengths were as a striker? I think that, that that's it, isn't it? I mean, you get to get into position to score mm. is the first situation. You then need the technique and temperament to, to keep it on target. And that's a, a big thing as well. And you, you've got to kind of work out what's your best percentage type finish, be it in the air, be it on your left, be it on your right. Uh, and then you, you, you go and execute that. But that's where the temperament comes in. Mm. So it's a mixture of those things. But obviously you, you, you won't score goals if you, if you can't work out and read the game on how to get on the end of the across or whatever, however the ball is in, mm. in the opponent's box. Yeah, It's got to come to you. Mm. You, I mean, there was also that season you scored at the North London Derby at Highbury, and we won that 2-0. Did those games in Arsenal really mean as much to the players as it did the fans, or did you just see it as another two points to try and win? Oh, no, it was massive, massive games in, in, uh, within the dressing room in the club. I mean, you know, the build-up to it, way ahead. You look to see the beginning of the league, what dates that you're playing home and away against Arsenal. and No, no, massive, massive games, and really... Delighted to have managed to get a couple of goals in them as well. Mm, that's right. I mean, in the League Cup that season, you got your first, I think, two hat-tricks for Spurs and a 7-2 win against Doncaster, who, uh, fine enough, did well this weekend in the FA Cup. Um, we then went on to play Newcastle in uh, two mm. legs, like Spurs a few weeks ago, Chelsea. Uh, and and we, we, we just lost out to Newcastle in those two games. Do you, do you remember those games at all? Yeah, really disappointing. I mean, we had the first leg at home and we were really well on top. John Pratt scored, gave us a 1-0 lead, but we really, I thought, deserved more than that and probably should have had more than the one. And it was always 
precarious going up to St St James's Park. We lost three one, came close, needed a goal to get extra time and mm. were pressing to get it but just didn't manage to get it in. Yeah. Um, really disappointing. It was a real shame. I mean, Terry then left at the end of that season t- to go to Arsenal. Is it true that the players had a say in the appointment of uh, Keith Birkenshaw? Yeah, definitely. Um, well, we definitely had a meeting and uh, Steve Perryman uh, organised it and mm-hmm. uh, we we had a chat and, and we all got together and uh, um, had a bit of a, a vote in actual fact and... Uh, among all the players, and uh, Steve and I were, you know, much involved in that. And uh, if my memory correct, is, is right, yeah. Mm. Uh, Steve was asked to, to to see what the players felt, and we went back with our view, mm-hmm. and it ended up with um, Keith getting the job. I'm not saying that's what did it, but I'm sure it played a part of, of it. Yeah, I mean that, that that season with Keith, unfortunately, you sustained a back injury, which which really did affect you going forward and and, and I, I think your absence con- sadly contributed to, to relegation because we just couldn't sort of survive without your goals what was that season like for you it must have been personally really really disappointing yeah that was a, a, a you know a real blow for, for me to, to get such a se- severe injury in my back and the first operation didn't work either I mean it was that was at the end of the my good season there when, it, when I got the 20 goals that you talked about and yeah I just never really recovered. I got back about... I didn't play at all to start with. Got back about Christmas and played, but I was really taking painkillers the whole time and had to go back in again. Mm. So I had a whole year out. Um, and as much as I got back and was was somewhere towards what I was before, I was never just quite the same again, I didn't think. Yeah, that's such a shame. I mean, then we'd, we'd obviously gone down and that 77-78 season, which was... I think for a lot of the players and fans alike was obviously a new experience because we, we were going to grounds and playing teams we probably never played before. Uh, your, I think it was 16 goals that season were absolutely key in our promotion. How did the football differ at that level for you? Well, I think that we, we, we've got in the, the, the new midfield, if you like, in Hoddle and McNabb, which really mm. worked very well. Um, and we were obviously one of the better teams in the league, if not the best team in the league, and that showed itself in in the results and the chances, and I managed to get on the end of a, of a few that season, and mm. as did some of the other lads, and uh, I had still had quite a few injury problems that year as well, muscles yeah. and probably a reaction to the back injury, yeah. but managed to contribute uh, uh, towards us getting back up again. I also heard that season that Newcastle United came in for you. Is that true? And if so, what was your recollection? Yeah, um, yeah, I did meet uh, the manager there, and and was was, but I decided not to go. I felt it was better to stay at, at Spurs at that point, mm. which I probably should have done <laughs> yeah. later when I, when I moved to Derby. But uh, that was to come yeah. a bit later on. You then got that season. You, you kind of already mentioned you, you, you got injured again in March, and it, it really proved costly. We we dropped points to 
teams we shouldn't have done, Oldham, Mansfield, Millwall, Burnley, and it was real heart-in-the-mouth time for us fans. We had to get a win and a draw from our last two games, which started at White Hart Lane in the midweek game against an already relegated Hull City. Did you, do you remember that game at White Hart Lane? I do, yeah, because I, I came back in for that game. Yes, you did. Uh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy. Um, we, we won 1-0 and we were a bit... Bit fortunate. I'm pretty sure I fouled the goalkeeper when yes. the cross came in. <laughs> uh, ball fell down, and Steve Perryman was on the spot, knocked it in, and I was slightly amazed at the. My, my, I, my, my, it, I, used, I used to see it in the West Stand, and you know, I was only what? Oh God, I was about ten at the time, and I just remember you sort of bundling into the goalie, the, the, and then the, the goalie spilling the ball, obviously. And Perman kicking in and just sort of looking for the lines and waiting for a flag, which never came. I just think I think. The, the referee probably thought he was going to get lynched if he didn't let that goal go in because it was such a, we had to win it it was just an absolute must did, win yeah, game it was, uh, and I just remember the place yeah. went crazy when it happened and then obviously at the weekend we had this bizarre game against Southampton where both teams needed a draw and it was probably mm. one of the longest games I could I mean the, the last 15 minutes seemed like four hours what, what was the build up to that game what was what was kind of said tactically was it just literally don't attack men behind the ball from do you remember? No, no, it wasn't that. Right. I can't remember the, the incident. Uh, but everybody knew, every player knew that we needed a draw to make it. I mean, it was, you know, people a lot these in these these days. The, the players were, you know, really. What would you say was the word geared up to to, to doing what you had to do in matches? Didn't mean you did it, but yeah. you knew what you had to do. Um, and Brighton were playing as well. And before yeah. the end of the game, we got. Word, which is, seems to happen quite often, that Brighton hadn't won right. or were losing, and so you kind of think, oh, we're we're going to be okay anyway. But mm. we got a draw, which was enough. But when we came off, the, we found out that Brighton won two one, so we'd, we'd, <laughs> we'd got some mis, misinformation, wow. but oh uh, we still went, still managed to do it. Yeah, no, it was, it was a, a, an amazing day, and then um, obviously we were back up again. Uh, pre-season, uh, where I mean, it's a bit like the sort of for Spurs fans, a bit like where were you when JFK was, was shot? Where were you when you heard about the arrival of the two Argentinians coming to Spurs? Yeah, I was at home. I remember yeah. getting a call or seeing it or uh, heard. I don't know how I heard it or got a phone call, but I did. Um, I'm surprised, obviously. Yeah. Uh, at home in, in Weir, I lived in Weir, yeah. up just north out uh, Hertfordshire, mm. and uh, heard about those two. Yeah. Amazing, wasn't it? And what was it like when they came? I think I think Colin said you were on a pre-season. I think you said pre-season tour of Norway. I think, That's right. We were. We went them. on a pre-season tour. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what, yeah. what what were they like to sort of just train with and play with? I mean, they must be like sort of aliens from another planet at some stage. Well, it was a bit odd. I must admit, and and, and obviously they'd kind of celebrated and hadn't played for for a few weeks yes. where we'd been in training and. They hadn't been in training at that point, and uh, you could you could see that. But uh, obviously, you could see the, the great ability that both of them had. Yeah. Um, you then you, your first game that season was the home draw against Chelsea, which again is still on YouTube, and uh, people can still watch. Yeah, that. it was my last yeah, goal. Yeah, last goal when you for, scored again, yeah. and then it turned out to be your last game. What an awful last game to finish on! The awful defeat to Anfield seven mm-hmm. nil. Uh, I assume that's you right. Yeah. That. I do remember that, yeah. And 
I gave away a penalty as well. I remember that too. <laughs> and then, and then you were sold to Derby. I mean, were you looking to leave? What What's the story behind that? Well, I suppose. Uh, I mean, I was drifting in and out of the the team yeah. a bit that previous season. Although I'd had injuries, mainly were were holding me back, and uh, the opportunity came. I probably, when I think back, I, I shouldn't have done oh, it really? to the stage where I was. So? And, yeah, well, I think I should. I just never had got myself fully fit back right. to, to 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 what I could be, and yeah. I really should have probably concentrated on that rather than thinking about a move. It was interesting. But uh, I enjoyed my time at Derby. Don't yes. get me wrong. I had a lot of I'd, I'd injuries again that really finished me off. But uh, uh, it was a good, great club, Derby, and enjoyed it. But I think in hindsight, I should just uh, buckle down and and really. Got my fitness back yeah. uh, to see if I could go and maintain a, a first team place. That's really what what I should have done. I mean, obviously you've you've you're, you you remained in the game. You're associated with the game. Looking back, mm. which which players did you play with that you think could probably even now walk into any kind of top six side in the Premier League? See, what what players would get into yeah. the top sides in the Premier yeah, League now that you played with? I think most of the really? lads would have been. I'm not saying in the, the top six because we're talking world league now, aren't we? But I think most of the lads. I mean, okay, the fitness levels and the diet and the preparation and all that is is much better now. But I think if if these players, uh, uh, the top players at that time at least, had got the same uh, preparation techniques and, and and knowledge and 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 worked on it, that they would be able to to compete against the teams now, I would think. Well, it's interesting. And, uh... I mean, you wouldn't, you know, they're, they're behind in, we'll be behind in fitness and, yeah. and that type of thing if you put it together as a, like that. But if we had all those facilities that are getting now, I think most of them would have been up and around, and around it. Where do you stand? Obviously, we're, we're talking the day after uh, Tottenham, uh, well, the last four days have got out of cup competitions. And the manager, the present manager, basically said in the press conference that, you know, top four is more important than the cup competitions. Does that does that reign true for, for an ex-player? Do, do you think players think that way now, that they want to play the Barcelonas and uh, hear the Champions League music? Or do you think football really should, as an ex-player, still be looking back and going, these are the trophies and medals I won? I'd, I'd love it to be the way that it was, if you like, and that the FA Cup was a was a was a massive tournament to play and it still is very important but you can really understand why the clubs are saying top four or, or Premier League status is, is the most important thing. It's just the 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 way the whole situation's developed and mm. uh, the Champions League qualification doesn't come from the FA Cup, does it? And mm. uh, uh you know that that it is the way of the world. The the the, the fact is that Premier League top four is the most important thing in the game at the minute. I mean, you touched on something there. Maybe they should be looking at the FA Cup when it gets to the first qualifying round of the Champions League or something. That could be one way of sort of boosting it again. Um, when you look back um, at your time at Spurs, you know how you know how, how do you look back? Was it fond, many fond memories for you? Of course, it was yeah. the pinnacle of my career. You're playing in the top team in the country. I left Dundee uh, to, 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 to see whether I could handle it at that level, and fortunately, I was I managed to, to do that and, and, and get goals at the 
at the the level I was at there with Spurs, which was really something special for me. Yeah. So yeah, it's a pinnacle in my career. Unfortunately, injuries happen, and yes. the, the, you know I had probably more than my share. But it was a great great period for me, and obviously made my career being uh, part of a Spurs team. Yeah. Well, you're you're still very fondly talked about uh, by. Fans. And I know you always gave your all, and as, as I said in this interview, some of those goals were key in in getting Tottenham where, where where they ended up as a club. John, thank you so much for your time. It's it's, it's been really fantastic. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.